0: Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. Well, good morning. Uh, I am just so... I I miss that. Good morning. Yeah, I don't get that much at at First Ridgeland. Um, But my name is Russ Daniels, like Gil said, and I'm John's youngest son, uh, his favorite son. I was... Even though Reese is here, I'm, I'll go ahead and say, it. I'm just kidding. Uh, honestly, I'm probably his least favorite. Uh, but I'm just so honored and uh, just thankful to be here with y'all this morning. And I just want to just kind of talk about y'all real quick. Y'all are so, so welcoming. And y'all make sure that y'all have the gift of hospitality. And so, man, when I walked through these doors, every single person made me feel welcome. And I'm just thankful for that. And also, y'all have such a great staff here. I mean, from Gil, Mark, Cindy, Michael, and I guess I'll throw my dad in there. Um, Y'all have an amazing staff here. And since my dad is gone, I'll brag on him just a little bit. Y'all have the best pastor in the whole entire world. Uh I know I'm I'm a little biased cuz I'm his son but I truly believe that he's one of the best pastors on the face of this earth. He loves y'all, he loves this community, he loves Jesus. And the, most importantly, he loves Jesus. He's on fire for the Lord and I think a wise pastor does exactly what he's doing right now. He's praying for y'all. He prays for y'all by name every single week. He Goes and prays for on a sabbatical, and he plans his sermons, and he plans what he's going to do with y'all and do for Jesus. And I just, I just think it's amazing. Um, he's my hero and my role model. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll go ahead and say that since he's not here, uh, I would say that feels he here too. But before we get started, I would like to do something a little different. Um, I want us all to pray, and today my dad actually just texted me and said uh, today is the day to, of prayer for persecuted Christians or persecuted church um and i already had it planned for us to pray right here um but i want to pray for four things i want to pray i want you to pray for you yourself i want you to pray for the person sitting next to you pray for me and then pray for the persecuted church and the persecuted christians so pray for yourself Um, and the person sitting next to you that you will remove all distractions and let God speak to you. And also um, pray for me that I speak with boldness and that with clarity and that the word is spoken. Um, And then pray for persecuted Christians. So I'm going to just give you a time to pray to yourself and then I'll pray. Yeah, we just come to you right now and we pray for all those who are persecuted uh, for you. And it seems like, you know, persecution is a harsh word and it's something that we only think about that happens in foreign countries, uh, but it happens right outside these four walls every single day. It happens to us, people that have that are sitting in here, it's happened to us. Um, It's happened to me, and God, we just pray that uh, you'll give us the power, give us the strength, um, give us your spirit so that we can get through those persecutions, get through those harsh times, get through those things that Satan throws at us, and he's at work, and we all have a target on our back being Christians. Um, We have a bigger target on our back than lost people do, and God, I just pray that we will rely on you to get us through those situations. And it's your name. Where I pray, Amen. So, what we're going to be talking about today is singing in prison, uh, in Acts sixteen, sixteen through thirty-four. Uh, and I just want to go ahead and get this out of the way. I have no experience singing. Uh, the only experience I have singing is in children's choir, and we called ourselves the Songbirds. Um, that's really cute, I know. Uh, I have no experience in prison. Thank goodness, and I do not plan having any experience in prison. I have no experience singing in prison. Uh, But the first thing that pops in my mind when I think of singing in prison is an episode of The Andy Griffith Show. I know a bunch of y'all probably love that show. I grew up on that show. Um, But it's this episode, I, I can't really remember what goes on before, but Andy, the sheriff, had arrested his deputy, Barney Fife. And Barney was in one jail cell, and then Otis, y'all know who Otis is, he's the town drunk, uh, was in the other cell. And they were, Andy was about to shut down the jail, and Otis just keeps singing. He just keeps singing to the top of his lungs, and it's annoying Barney to death. And you know Andy loves to annoy Barney. Uh, so he just lets Otis do it, uh, and it just goes back and forth. Otis is singing to the top of his lungs. Uh, Barney is saying, nip it, nip it, nip it, just like he always says, nip it at the bud. Um, and then Otis, it just like ends the scene of Otis singing. And surprisingly, Otis has a really good voice. Uh, but this is a very, it's a stretch, but this is very similar to what we're going to be talking about today in, in Acts 16. Paul and Silas actually go through sort of the same thing. So we'll see in Acts 16. Uh, Paul and Silas are on their second missionary journey in Philippi. And as they're on their way to pray, they approach this very annoying girl. um, And then, I'm not going to spoil the whole story for you, but they approach this annoying girl. They get sent to jail. Then they're singing in jail. But the difference is is that it's not annoying. It's praising to God. Um, So we're going to be in Acts 16, 16 through 34, if you grab your Bibles. And the main idea today, just like one sentence that I would say that wraps up this whole message, is trust in the Lord and His sovereignty in all circumstances. Trust in the Lord and His sovereignty in all circumstances. So, I'm going to read just verses 16 through 24 first, um, and then we'll get on to the rest later. Um, Acts 16, 16, through 24 says, Once as we were on our way to prayer... A slave girl met us who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She was a fortune teller. She made a large profit for her owners by fortune telling. As she followed Paul and us, Paul and Silas and his team, she cried out, These men who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation are the servants of the Most High God. And she did this for many days. Paul was greatly annoyed. Turning to the spirit, he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out right away. When her owners realized that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace, which was the most populated part of the city, uh, dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Bringing them before the chief magistrates, they said, these, are the, uh, these men are sev- severely uh, disturbing our city. They are Jews and are promoting customs that are not legal for us as Romans to adopt or practice. The crowd joined in in the attack against them, and the chief magistrate stripped off their clothes and ordered them to be beaten with rods. And they had severely flogged them. They threw them in jail, ordering the jailer to guard them carefully. Receiving such an order, he put them into the inner prison and secured their feet in stocks. So the first point that I want to point out about this text that we read today is, number one, fight against Satan's schemes. This goes really good with the National Day to pray for uh, persecuted Christians or the church. So, fight against Satan's schemes. In verse 16, we see Paul and Silas going on their daily journey to find their spot to pray. Many of you have that spot. Maybe it's that recliner or that spot at your kitchen table or in your office or maybe even like in your car. Um, If you don't have that spot to spend time in the Word, I challenge you to find it. Um, But they were approached by this demon-possessed, Fortune-teller, slave-girl. Demon-possessed fortune-teller, slave-girl. And what I want to point out is that when you're being obedient to Christ, when you're making an effort to go find your spot, or making an effort to go spend time in the Word, to uh, grow in your relationship with Him, Satan will throw all kinds of distractions your way. He's going to throw all kinds of persecutions your way. We have a bigger target on our back, like I said when I prayed. We have a bigger target on our back than even lost people do. Satan loves to attack us. He wants to take us down. He's already got lost people, but he wants to take us, me and you, down. So we must fight against Satan's schemes. John 16.33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Right here. In the world, in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus said that. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is already won. He's already defeated death. He's already defeated sin. He has already overcome the world. But Satan's just, until the end of time, until Jesus comes back, Satan is just doing his best to get as many people as he can. But we must take our stand and fight against his schemes. And then in verses 17 through 18, we see in these verses that this demon-possessed girl was actually speaking truth. This is the weird part to me. Like, She's actually speaking truth. She was yelling, these guys have the way of salvation. They know Jesus. And they're servants of the Most High God. And this is actually the same thing the demon in Luke 8 said, which is kind of ironic. But uh, she was, just keeps yelling it for days on days. These are servants of the Most High God, and they're proclaiming the way of salvation. And she just keeps saying it. And then we see Paul casting out this demon shortly after, after a few days. He's greatly annoyed, and then he casts out this demon. So why is this a problem? Why is it a problem that this girl keeps saying the truth? You know, it seems to be like free advertising for what they're trying to do. It seems to be validating their message. Um, but the next thing we see is Paul casting out this demon. He casts out this demon for two reasons. Two reasons. Confusion and disruption. Disruption. She's confusing the people around Paul and his team. She's confusing them and uh, she's living one way but saying the other thing. Um, And then it's disrupting what Paul and his team are trying to do and spread the gospel to a place that had never heard the gospel before. And so confusion and disruption is why he cast out the demon. She's an earthly slave. She's like living a double life. She's an earthly slave and also she's... uh, A spiritual slave to darkness, or spiritual slave to Satan. She's demon-possessed. And this is opposed to what Paul is a servant to. This is opposed to what you're a servant to, and that is Christ. She keeps on saying, you know, they're the servants of the Most High God, and they're proclaiming the way of salvation, but she's living the complete opposite. She's living for Satan, actually. And so are you doing this? I want to ask you, are you doing this? Are you living a double life? Are you saying that you're a Christian and you're doing the Christian things? You come every Sunday, every Wednesday to church and all the events and you maybe have that spot in your house and you read God's Word every day and you pray every day, but in the deep down in your heart, you know that you're not living for Him. You're living selfishly, trying to earn your way to heaven instead of living for Him. Are you doing this? You're leading maybe you're leading people astray. I mean, you you will lead people astray if you're doing this. If you're confusing and disrupting what God is doing by living a double life, you're going to lead people astray. And this slave girl was everything to these slave owners. She was the, their power and their wealth, and now they're in this crisis. They're in this crisis. So they did, they didn't care that this girl had been healed and had been the demon had been cast out, but rather they were worried because their wealth and their power was gone. That's all they were worried about. These owners chose darkness instead of freedom. The world chooses darkness every day. The world chooses darkness every day. The ruler of this world, how Jesus describes Satan, is lying and deceiving so many people and even some of you. Jesus offers us freedom He offers us freedom through him, but so many people would choose bondage to darkness instead. How sad is that? But us, I know for a fact that you're going to do this. We're going to fight against Satan's schemes. Fight against Satan's schemes by choosing freedom in Christ rather than bondage to darkness. So the second point I want to point out is learn how to sing in prison. Let's read verse 25. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Stop there. Stop there. That's one of my favorite verses of this whole passage that we're going to read. Because when Paul and Silas get to prison, we see them singing praises to God and thanking him for the opportunity to serve him and even to suffer in prison for his namesake. They had been beaten with rods. They had been stripped naked. They are now bound in chains. They're in like the inner prison, the worst part. They're being even guarded, thinking that they're going to try to find a way out. But they're singing and praising God in the midst of their hard, tough times. We don't hear them whining. We don't hear them asking for anything. They weren't begging God to set them free but rather they trust God and His sovereignty and praise Him for the simple fact of knowing Him. I mean, imagine if you were arrested for proclaiming the gospel, you would be yelling to the top of your lungs, get me out of here. You would be, I mean, I'm saying this to me. I would be whining. (laughs) Maybe you would be whining. I would be saying, get me out of here. But Paul and Silas don't do that. And I think sometimes we lose sight of what God is doing in our lives when things go bad. I think during COVID, uh, a lot of people lost sight of what God was doing. Even I did. I prayed that God would fix the situation, get rid of COVID. Yes, we should pray for that. But I wasn't asking what he was trying to accomplish in this situation. Instead of asking for deliverance all the time from a situation, ask God, what are you trying to accomplish in this? Instead of treating God like a butler, I like to say this to my students, instead of treating God like a butler, you know, having a bell, ringing Him when you need Him, we need to treat God like God. Don't treat Him like a butler. Whenever you need Him, ring and He'll come to you. But instead, treat him like God and understand that he's under control and nothing catches him off guard. Nothing, not even COVID caught him off guard. And he was at work and he's still at work. He did some amazing things through COVID. And he's going to do some amazing things through the tough times in your life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, this is a really hard verse for me to read because it's just, It kind of steps on my toes and it's just a really hard verse. It says, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. Exactly what Paul and Silas were doing. They were rejoicing in their tough time in prison. Pray constantly. Paul and Silas were doing that. And give thanks in everything, in all circumstances, no matter how tough the circumstance is in your life, give thanks for it. That's a tough verse. But we must learn to sing in prison. We must learn to sing in prison. Praise God. This is like code for praise God in the tough times by always rejoicing, praying constantly, and giving thanks in every circumstance. And what I want to point out right there before we move on to the next point that pray constantly part, the pray without ceasing part. You may be thinking that's impossible. Or maybe you use prayer like a butler. You only pray when you need something. But I want to challenge you to pray constantly in every circumstance, the good and the bad, pray. I like to say before I even step on the stage, I like to say before I get to work, I like to say before I meet somebody new, I say out loud, Jesus, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you with this situation. That's me like praying. And then in the situation, be praying through your conversations. Um, That's kind of off topic, but that's a huge deal. We must be praying constantly. Then the third thing, the third point, is make yourself available to be used by God. Make yourself available to be used by God. Let's read verses 26 through 34. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was going to kill himself since he thought the prisoners had escaped. But but Paul called out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself because we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, Sirs, I love this part. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said simply, simply right here, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with everyone in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. Right away he and his family were baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and rejoiced because he had come to believe in God with his entire household. Um, Verse 26. We see this earthquake happening. The prison doors were open, and all the prisoners' chains came loose. Uh, And I want to just stop there before I move on. Don't be led astray into thinking that if you're in prison or if you're in a tough time, that if you sing in worship, that if you pray more, that an earthquake will come and set you free. Don't be led astray into thinking that if you sing more, pray more, come to church more, that your tough times are going to leave. Because sometimes God has other plans for you. That's, that's hard for me to say too. This whole message was hard for me to say. Uh, sometimes God has other plans for you. Sometimes prison doors, tough times, prison doors won't be opened in your life. Tough times won't go away in your life. But you still have a reason to sing and praise the Lord because He has set you free from spiritual chains. He's set you free from spiritual chains to sin and to darkness by giving us a way to Him through Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. We were separated eternally from Him, but because of Jesus we have an opportunity to serve Him, like our memory verse was saying. Verses 27-34, through the prison guard or the jailer uh, sees that the prison doors were wide open and the prisoner's chains were broken. And so he draws his sword and almost kills himself because he knew that the the chief magistrates and the authorities were going to come and kill him anyways. But Paul stops him. He says, stop, 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 stop. We're all here. We haven't left. And then we see the guard wonders how to be saved. He wonders how to be saved. Paul and Silas led him to Christ that night, and then he and his household were all baptized. And I love that Paul says simply, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Nothing you do will earn your way of salvation, but believe and have faith. And what I want to point out about Paul and Silas right here is that The circumstances that Paul and Silas were in, the circumstances that Paul and Silas were in said for them to escape when the prison doors and their chains came loose. But love told them to stay for the sake of this one soul. They were not guided by their circumstances, but rather for their love for the Lord and others. And that's what, that should be our life motto, to not be guided by our circumstances, but rather. For our love for the Lord and others. This whole reason, my prediction, my theory, uh, the whole reason for all of these things happening to Paul that we've read about the demon, the flogging, the beating, the sent to jail, sent to prison, whatever uh, the whole reason for all of this happening was for this prison guard to come to know Christ, this one person to come to know Christ. Paul and Silas's relationship with the Lord, them singing in prison, made this guard want a relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord. This is a big point right here. So if you're writing stuff down, I want you to write this down. Our relationship with the Lord should make others want a relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with God should make others want a relationship with God. And if your relationship with God is not doing something, not doing that, then you're doing something wrong. <laughs> the way you respond to certain situations in life, the way you respond to others, the way you respond every single day by living for Him is going to influence others for Christ. Matthew 5, one of my favorite verses, Matthew 5, 14-16 says, You are the light of the world, a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. If your light is shining, you're going to influence others for Christ. And then they're going to give glory to our Father. When we make ourselves available when we make ourselves available to be used by God, others will notice. I guarantee it. People will see how you respond to tough times. People will see how you respond to certain situations in life. Maybe it's in your job. Um, You think this new deal is going to go bad or it's not moral, not ethical. And so you say, no, I'm not doing this. People are going to see that, and they're going to ask you, why are you doing that? And you can point point them to Christ. But when we make ourselves available to be used by God, others will notice, and they're going to see how we respond, and then we'll influence others, either towards God or away from God, in how we respond to situations. So every situation, every decision you make in your life, is either pointing others to Christ or away from Christ. And so we must make sure every time that we are approached by a situation that we point others to Christ. And just to wrap up, Paul and Silas were in a pretty bad situation. They were in a very tough time. They were in a new city, Philippi. They had never been there before. They were just you know, looking for a time to pray, looking for a place to pray. That's basically what they were doing. And then they were hit with all of this <laughs> that we've read about. They were in a pretty bad situation. I bet some of you are too. I bet some of you are in a very bad situation right now. I hope and pray that your situation isn't as bad as theirs. But I hope and pray that you will learn to give thanks and to praise the Lord during the good and the bad times in your life. Learn. We, this is an everyday process. We're not perfect. We must learn to give thanks and praise the Lord in all circumstances. And I challenge you, I challenge you, this is my challenge for you, to trust in the sovereignty of the Lord and learn to sing in prison. Trust in the sovereignty of the Lord and learn to sing in prison. Pray with me real quick. God, we thank you for this opportunity just to dive into your word. And God, I pray for everyone in here today that uh, when we're faced with tough times, when life just throws difficult things in our way, when Satan tries to take us down, I pray that we'll take a stand, fight against him, that we'll learn to sing and to praise you in in the bad times and in the good times. And that we will make ourselves available so that we can influence others towards you help our decisions to point others to you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.